Gyro Nation Metal. Welcome back, everyone, as we continue the countdown to the Loudest Hell Festival in Drumheller, Alberta, from August 3rd to 6th. Hooker Spit is a death metal band from Red Deer, Alberta, who I had the pleasure of meeting at Loudest Hell 2022. The whole crew was welcoming and a blast to hang out with. This year, Hooker Spit is playing Loudest Hell on Saturday, August 5th, and they are looking to release their debut album on July 28th, just three days after the release of this episode. Today, Dan White, the band's vocalist, and Vlad Gligor, the band's guitarist, join me for this episode. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me today. Oh, we're happy to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. It's been quite a while since I've seen you guys, and I'm sorry that my camera's all fucked up, but from my side of things, it's good to see you guys again. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. It's good to hear your voice. I had a lot of problems looking up information for you guys. So I normally look up past interviews, uh, some articles, anything like that. So when I typed in hooker spit interview on YouTube, I had a lot of interesting results that came up. <laughs> some of them were kind of interesting. Some of them were just people walking around asking girls if they spit or swallow. <laughs> Wonderful. They're doing God's work. Bless their hearts. <laughs> this year isn't your first time at Loud as Hell, uh, but it is your first time playing. So how many times have you been to Loud as Hell and what keeps you coming back? Uh, well, for me, my first time was last year. Um, I've been living in Alberta for about five years, heard about Loudest Hell lots, but the stars never really lined up until last year. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was fun. Had a great time and I love the vibe. It's uh, definitely a yearly thing that I'm going to attempt to do. Yeah. And for myself, I mean, I've, I've volunteered there multiple years. Uh, I always had a really great time. I, I, I really try and like push this festival on a lot of people because I, I think that it's something special that happens in Alberta that uh, is, is rather significant. I think it's a really great opportunity to see some bands that you maybe normally wouldn't get exposed to. I mean, like there's even Mexican bands on the lineup, you know, so Legacy. like, yeah, it's an international festival. So, I mean, like to have that in your backyard and not take advantage of it, I, I think is doing yourself a disservice, you know? I agree. And it's not only from where the bands are from, it's also the wide range of music. Like one of the things I loved last year is it went for, they played everything from stoner metal all the way up to straight up crushing death metal. It was great. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, well, one, one of my favorite things, which just so happened to be like the second time of them doing it last year, they went open air. Uh, that's, I love that format. Yeah. I wasn't too sure exactly how it would turn out. That was my first festival period. So it was an oh. amazing experience the whole way through. Oh, it's good, man. It's good. You had a good time then. Like that's a, that's a great way to pop your cherry. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, it helps. I mean, camping around the bands. I met you guys. I met Crimson Caliber, um, Tortured Saint Park right beside me. Same with, there were a couple of bands on the other side. I didn't really talk to them too much, but it was cool just to be around everybody. Oh, Tortured Saint. I love those Yeah, guys. those those boys are great. I have their top fan badge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's one of the sweet things about Loud as Hell. Like, it's um, kind of got that 70,000 tons of metal vibe where, like, you get to see all the bands camping and everyone's hanging out with everybody. There's no like, you know, backstage sort of backstage. There's just gear and bands are getting ready to go on and off. There's nothing else going on back there. And yeah. you know, the, the party's in the campground. It's great. I just had a, I saw a comment on Twitter today and I don't like saying that cause I never thought I'd use the fucking thing, but it was a comment <laughs> about like festivals and you're always in lineups. You're always waiting for merch. You're always waiting for food or you're going to the washroom in the shitty toilets and no pun intended. But when I thought about it, I'm like, maybe that's why local festivals are so much better because you actually don't have to walk for than five minutes to get anywhere. There's not really a lineup for anything and you're camping with all the bands. Yeah. And I mean, like loud as hell, it's uh, not quite like the same size as something like, you know, like what they got in Europe, like Bakken or Summer Breeze. Like I I've been to those and it's, man, they're they're wild. You got like 75,000 people. It's, it's really easy, really easy, really easy to lose your folks. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Vakken is like, what, a town of 10,000 people that turns into a town of 75,000 people or some shit? Yeah, a town, a town of 10,000 that turns into a town of 100,000. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's like, insane. Yeah. Someday, someday we hope to play there. That's, 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 way down the pipeline but we're, we're, we're and, hoping. The, and the lovely thing with loud as all it's got that potential it could definitely oh. get to that level someday oh and it's man. got the space I, too it's loud yeah. as hell is amazing like this year they got two stages happening well, perfect oh that sucks 
And now I have to walk back and forth instead of just standing in front of one. I think most of it's going to be primarily on the main stage and then um, acts that don't really coincide maybe with metal. Like, I think they're kind of expanding a little bit, like more like artsy stuff on the second stage. I mean, like, I might be wrong. I might be totally out to lunch, but I, that's kind of what I... Yeah, like I seen, uh, we, we were watching the announcement together. Um, super excited to see who 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 would get to share the stage with. And yeah, no, they mentioned something. I think there's like a drag act and maybe a comedian. Um, there's burlesque. There's a, so, I know there's two like a, acoustic sets too. One's Kyle Pullen and for the life of me, I can't remember the second one. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was, that was, that was also, yeah, I do remember that. I'm there for the burlesque. <laughs> we love burlesque yeah we we once headlined a burlesque show and i i remember calling vlad and being like hey are you interested in doing this and he replied to me like i think that's the closest we're ever going to get to playing with strippers and i was like absolutely <laughs> i'm in <laughs> Dan, you said you've been to Loud as Hell for a number of years now. So for you, what is the coolest thing about seeing it grow and, and how it's changed over the years? You know, I, I think it's it's really great to see a festival that doesn't just die off after a year or two. And and to see that progression from being like an indoor man, I ain't gonna like I ain't gonna lie to you. The indoor situation, it would get so hot and sweaty. And it's so nice to see it like now evolve into an outdoor festival because I really think that like, it's just, there's more room to breathe, you know, like it's just, it's, it's a lot better of an experience. Like sure. You're kind of out in the sun a little bit more, but like you also don't have that closed space and we've all been to metal shows. We know what that's like. No shit. It gets really damp in there. <laughs> and it's nice that you can leave pretty much at your own whenever you want like there's nothing really stopping you even the even the security gates pretty wide so you're not like bumping into people or waiting in a lineup generally oh absolutely and i mean like the jeff the guy who the the primary guy who runs it he just like chills at the table like you can say hi to him while you're walking in he's like he's not hiding in the back or nothing like that he's like out there with the crew supporting them being a part of it which is which is wonderful too because it's not just some corporate entity doing it you know yeah he's super hands-on yeah yeah he doesn't just run things like you said from the back he's not just you know in the planning room telling people to do things i've never seen somebody who's at that high level a level sorry of a level involved that much in their own project it's crazy like he was running oh, yeah. around like nuts last year yeah, and it's it's good to see. I, I mean, I'm sure it's a little nerve-wracking for him. Like like I said, in past years, I've worked for him. Great guy, by the way. Wonderful human being. Um, but yeah, it's, he just gives her the whole time. So you said you worked for him. How did you meet him? You know what? I don't even remember how I ended up initially. Oh, it was Sloan. Um, there's uh, it's Calgary Siren. Band Siren. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had originally reached out to me to um, volunteer, and that's that's how I met Jeff. He's a cool guy. Like I mean, like I worked for him volunteering at the festival. Like we both work in the tattoo industry, but like I've never worked worked for him. That's right. You're an apprentice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. I'm how a junior artist now. I think. I oh, don't cool. know. I don't get to decide. <laughs> so what are the steps? Like I guess I could have talked to Jeff about this too, but. Um... What are the steps? Like, how long do you have to be an apprentice for? How long do you turn into like a junior artist? Oh man, it's 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 complicated. It's some people, you know, every apprentice is different because it's it's very mentor based. It's very similar to like learning some sort of trade back in nineteen dickety do. You know, <laughs> like you get a mentor, they teach you the ropes, and it's it's kind of it's very individual based, you know, it's like, yep. it depends yep. on how long it takes you individually. Like before I ever touched a human being, I basically had a, a sort of rough kind of like rudimentary art school um, experience where I had to be drawing tons and tons of figures and people with their skin on people with their skin off, just the bones, you know, uh, like it, 
it's a long process before you even ever touch a human being. That's good, I guess, especially when you're trying to put something on you for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't want it any other way, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Even now, I'm like, ah, this is permanent. So nerve-wracking. But, <laughs> but when a client's really happy with what I do, then that makes everything worth it. Definitely. What shop do you work out of? Uh, right now, I'm working at Lucid in Sylvan Lake. Okay, cool. Um, so it's a bit of a jaunt from Red Deer, but uh, great place. Really happening place in the summer. Yeah, Sylvan Lake's uh, it's it's a great place to be in the summertime. It is. It's really nice, and it's not too far away. Like I live in Calgary, so driving up there's not too bad, and it's good that we get like the mountains are pretty close too. Oh, that's wonderful. I love the mountains. During the pandemic, that's all I did. I just hiked. I loved it. I I the only thing like maybe people are gonna shit on me for saying this, but like. I enjoyed parts of the pandemic specifically because I was on the top of mountains, just hanging out and nobody else was there. I think that was the best part is going hiking and not seeing 500 other people. Oh yeah. It was like, what are you doing? Why are you hanging out in your house? Like you just literally can't be in close proximity with people. Go out in the woods, you know? I think a lot of camping sales went up too. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I know they did. I think with like home renovation projects, camping and stuff like out, outdoors activities, they fucking, they skyrocketed. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of DIY happened in those few years. Yeah, everybody's learning a new skill. We were just, uh, you know, hitting the grindstone, just trying to do everything that we could while still, you know, respecting the rule of law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, it was a, a pandemic for me. It was mostly just, sitting around with the uh, music gear figuring out how to record ourselves and how to get stuff off the ground we don't want to spend like <laughs> tens and thousands of dollars in a studio and waste a bunch of time so we uh, that ended up that ended up paying off we did all the recording ourselves and just sent it off for mixing and mastering and it turned out freaking awesome yeah we're really happy with with what came back to us yeah you guys have been pretty active um i see a studio in your basement there is that where you guys record everything? Yeah, yeah, this uh, this is where all the magic happens. DIY in-house. Did you have any problems with acoustics, like setting up for sound? Uh, well, guitars were easy as hell because we use app modelers. So everything's very digital and not hard at all to record. Very crisp. Uh, vocals were easy. Drums were a goddamn nightmare but yeah. we did it and they sound freaking great yeah you, you can't you can't see it behind like because it's behind the monitors but there's a lot of acoustic dampening in, in this room you just kind of can't see it yeah just like <laughs> stop echoing yeah yeah with drums that could be ridiculous it's yeah i remember we had something like 14 microphones set up when we recorded drums it was insane <laughs> and then you just gotta trim off all the ambient noise Woo. yeah scott ended up getting in a longboard accident that week as well when we were doing when we were recording his drumming so that was uh that was fun he uh he really soldiered through it though fuck he didn't break anything did he no no but uh his arm was really really messed up <laughs> but it still worked that's all that matters yeah yeah, yeah. It, it works good <laughs> enough on time and perfect yeah actually this is a perfect segue into your new music so you guys are dropping the album on july 28th was i correct about that i remember us talking yes. earlier yeah. but i didn't confirm that said what is it titled and who did you work with on the artwork um the title of the album is called crotch splitter um our uh our... We, go ahead then we came up with the initial concept and then we reached out to um Paleo Raptor, yeah, an artist that we've worked with in the past. Um, she's done a lot of work with like YouTubers and stuff like that. Um, very like high quality artwork. So we we love throwing money at her because what she throws back at us is amazing. Yeah, it's got that like Nintendo level of artwork polish. She's done work with uh, Gingram, Cinemassacre, Markiplier, uh, uh, Marvel. Yeah. Uh, Wow. Yeah, uh, Ninja Sex Party. Uh, yeah, she's actually. I'm pretty sure she did an entire music video for them too. 
uh, yeah, she's great. Yeah. We, we, we love working with her. She's been a close friend of mine for like the last 17 years. We grow, we grew up in up North in Yellowknife together. So is that how you came across her then in her artwork is just being friends? And it just, so yeah, happened just, she was just awesome. being friends and it just kind of all lined up. She seemed like the person, a perfect person to do it. And, uh, now we have somewhat of a Iron Maiden artist relationship with her because we don't want anybody else to do our artwork. Uh, a wife, a wife fix something when it's not broken. No yeah, like we, we might have one offset at some point down the road, but as much as we can keep this relationship going with Palea, we would love to do that. Is she the same person that did your stickers? Absolutely. Nice. Yeah, she she yeah. uh we came up with the concepts and yeah. she brought them to life. And, and what's nice is she'll actually give us the artwork um in separate layers so that we can work <laughs> with the assets and shape them how we want to get them printed in whatever form we want them to. So like stickers, posters, if we want to kind of change things up, it's really nice because she'll just give it to us with all the layers. It's not a flattened piece of artwork. So since we own the rights to it, it it's great because then we can just manipulate it however to, to make it look as best as possible in whatever medium that we're using. Nice. And then it looks nice and it. polished. Makes us look more professional than we actually are. Yeah. <laughs> 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 image is huge it doesn't matter which way like you have to have one yeah. it makes yeah. me think of that show in edmonton when our when our good friend adrian from shackle of the throne was like i don't think these people realize you're not as big as they think you are <laughs> <laughs> oh man kind of a backhanded oh. compliment oh you know what he's he's an absolute <laughs> like sweetheart like he's just he's just a odd duck we love them. If you, I don't know if you follow our socials much, but there's always one person that angry faces or sad reacts. Yeah, and, and it's always Adrian. And and with that being said, if you guys haven't heard Shackled to the Throne, check them out. Like they're releasing music right now. They're 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 not doing what we're doing sound wise, but they're a really great metal band. Yeah, they got more of like a uh, periphery genty sort of thing going on. Yeah, but yeah it's yeah. got them marvelous yeah a very sonically pleasing experience absolutely vlad you touched on earlier that you used to live in Yellowknife. so what made you move down this way well of course the warm weather um <laughs> <Fair laughs> <enough. laughs> uh, uh yeah no i um i came uh i came down to red deer for school to uh, finish up um uh my school for finance um i, I work as an accountant um uh, and yeah, I, uh, before I moved down, I decided to scoop the place out a little bit. Uh, at the same time, Slayer was doing their farewell tour. I ended up running into a good buddy of mine that I ran a metal festival, ran into at metal festivals, lots all around the world over the last 10 years. And he introduced me to Dan. And we have, yeah, uh, that's uh, actually how Dan and I ended up meeting too. Um, We've been good friends since. Brought Hooker Spit to life together, and yeah, eventually I just decided to stay in Red Deer rather than go back there. Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, it's working out because you started the band again. Um, if I remember correctly, if I remember Sorry, correctly, no. I read a previous interview where you said you kind of brought it to life up in Yellowknife, but it kind of died because there wasn't um, there weren't many musicians, and then you kind of revitalized everything and took a new direction down here. Is that correct, or is that? completely yeah table. yeah so uh i started hooker spit like back in 2013 and i was with all my good buddies uh they weren't all serious about getting out of the city there was no scene in the city it was just hard to do anything with that so it kind of went tits up uh we split up all the assets and that just became something on the back shelf. I definitely didn't move down with the intention to do music again. I was uh, I was a little jaded after it, but yeah, and here we are now. Yeah, my guitarist from my pre previous band it was actually the one that convinced him to to start it back up. Nice. So by that time, you guys were already friends then, and then you basically convinced him just to pick it up. Obviously, you knew he played at that point. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, he ended up uh, being our drummer for a bit. Uh, it was our good friend Ryan Pierce, rest his soul. Uh, he ended up uh, passing away from cancer a few years, uh, actually about a year after we brought the band to life. Yeah, oh, man, I'm sorry um, to hear that. That that is life. Yeah, it's true, but it still sucks to live. You must die. Memento mori, my dude. Let us die. But yeah, no, it's it's been sweet. Uh, and Red Deer's got it happening, man. Like, you got uh, Calgary an hour halfway, got Edmonton the same distance, and the people here are just passionate, to say the least. Yeah, I would say that Red Deer is sort of this gem that not a lot of people know of unless they come here and actually play I mean, we've we've gotten some great talent over the years. Like at the VAT, the VAT's the primary venue for Red Deer. Um, Three Inches of Blood played here years ago. Cancer Bat's been through tons of times. Art Spire, Beyond Creation. Yeah, like and and the scene here, like the people who support the scene here, we're absolutely blessed to have them. I I, I don't even know if if we would even be in the position that we are now if if we didn't have such a great scene to yeah. grow out of. Yeah, we have uh, Proud Dad Productions here, uh, Brett Charles, Joey Hunter. Those guys uh, run it and they do a fantastic job. They bring everything from metal to punk to hardcore to the, the thrash, you name it. Even some soft stuff. Yeah. When you guys play shows in Red Deer, are they often like mixed genres or are they generally all metal? Generally all metal. We kind of just uh look at the friends that we have that are in bands and who we want to play with and we just kind of call up our friends and say hey well want to do want to do a show down here and maybe you could get us up in your neck of the woods sometimes and we've just been doing that and made some lovely lovely relationships uh the guys from fall birth uh they're they're all they're like brothers to us same thing with the guys from the capitation uh ravenous they've they've been really great to us uh black pestilence uh there's but it's it's a bit of a bit of a list (laughs) yeah yeah we and we strangely did things backwards because we didn't play red deer until we had already played the cities around us (laughs) yeah red deer was like the lot yeah a lot one of the last places we played uh, we played the hell out of Edmonton and Calgary, leading up to it. But our, we were, we were received very well our oh, first yeah. show here. We didn't expect to, to get a turnout like that. Uh, the bats got pool tables in the back. They had to stop people from playing pool because it was just like freaking packed. It, it was it was very surreal for us, like playing a home show where it's just packed. You know, like yeah, that's gotta you, feel you great. Get, yeah, yeah, it was, it was it was very humbling, you know. And then we got told we're never playing second again. <laughs> like, fuck, now I got to stay sober till midnight? God damn it. <laughs> That's always a problem. Uh, man, we love playing first. Honestly, it's the best. You go up there, you set the mood, and then you just hang out and enjoy the company of everybody. Oh, yeah, opening's great. Like, we, we don't always get to do it, but when we do get to do it, we're just like, yeah. We had a conversation with a promoter a while ago and and they were saying like oh like maybe you guys will open we're not quite sure and we're like dude as long as you like pay our guarantee we will play the parking lot like we literally don't <laughs> care like first is best because then we can party which brings us back to lot of hall we're super excited to be opening up the day on saturday that's gonna be fantastic yeah Oh, you guys are playing really early then. That's awesome. Yeah, we're playing at noon. Yeah, it's a uh, hooker spin and pancake breakfast. Perfect. I love the <laughs> well, pancake Hooker's breakfast. Spin, I'm so pancake stoked they breakfast. give those out. Pardon? I'm so stoked they give the pancakes out. Like, that's the first thing you need when you're hungover. You just walk over, oh, yeah. grab a pancake, start drinking. Get some carbs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. well, hell, even the food truck they got there is freaking awesome. That That's uh, the, some East Coast place. Oh, yeah. The deep fried pepperoni is mint, bro. I don't know what I had last year, but I was beyond intoxicated when Angel Maker was playing, and I was pretty <laughs> hungry. So I went over, and I, like I said, I couldn't remember what I ordered, but it was probably the best thing I've ever eaten at that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, East Coast food, it, it's mostly all soul food, right? Like, that's where I'm from, and 
if you've seen a lot of East Coasters, somebody's probably going to crucify me for this, but a lot of <laughs> us are pretty rotund. <laughs> hey, man, you got good food. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. That's why they're eating it. A lot of grease, <laughs> a lot of salt. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised when I went through Halifax that Donair is like their, their big thing there. Oh, yeah. And they don't, they do it a little bit different than here. They don't, they don't take lettuce or tomatoes in it. That's just like meat and onions, sweet sauce. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. Yeah. I don't know who from like Lebanon or something just moved to the East coast, <laughs> but it's a phenomenon in Newfoundland as well. Like if you can get your hands on a donair, you're telling your family about it. Like, Oh God, I had the best donair. You guys kind of touched on how you did everything backwards, um, starting to play in the bigger cities, and you haven't released too much music, so you've already done a really good job of creating a fan base prior to your first release, especially considering where you're from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've already played at quite a few shows, and obviously will be, by the time this is released, you will have already appeared at um, Loudest Hell. Oh, no. Never mind. I think I'm you'll crazy. Be right. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to think of my timelines here. So no, you guys have loud as hell in August, and then CEM are in September. That's right. Yeah, that's correct. And I guess by the time this episode comes out, if it's uh, July 25th, if I recall, mm -hmm. um, our tour will be announced. Uh, we would have already played our pre-release show in Edmonton, July 21st, at uh, uh, Temple Room Starlight. Uh, and yeah, or we'll be doing our release show in Red Deer, um, alongside Decrepitation, Twenty uh, First Agenda, and oh God, what's beyond that? Uh oh, sorry, friends. <laughs> sorry, friends. We still love you. Yeah, it, it's it's it, it yeah it's it's. It's been a lot of work. Uh, well, yeah. we, uh, We're pretty fried from DIY in a lot of this. Uh, I pretty much set up a lot of our uh, album tour uh, myself. And then that's been emailing something like 20 people. I've had some help as well from uh, our lovely... Oh, Raising the Ruins, duh. They're yeah, coming Raising on... the Ruins. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're okay. actually... We're sharing the Good tour save. with them. Good save. Raising the Ruins. We're, they're on our whole tour with us. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, boys. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, we're... Um, yeah, we'll be doing um, Edmonton July... Uh, actually, I got it right here. Uh, Edmonton, July 21st, um, Red Deer, July 28th, uh, August 5th at Loud as Hell, August 10th in Calgary, August 12th, Red Grover Fest in Sterlingville, which is a tiny little punk rock festival. Uh, <laughs> August 25th, we're at Vancouver at the Astoria. August 27th, we're in Kamloops at Blue Grotto. September 4th is CMR. September 15th, we're in Medicine Hat at the Mainliner Pub. Uh, September 16th, we're in Lethbridge at the Slice, and uh, finally, September 30th, we're going to be in Saskatoon at Act Hall. Jesus. And uh, all those dates, minus a couple of the festivals, are all with Raising the Ruins. Yeah. You guys have been fucking busy. Yeah. We, we are fucking busy, bro. <laughs> um and we're working alongside with john asher for um our release uh he's he's a sweetheart and he's been really great to work with oh god he's a gift yeah um we 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 probably we probably would have fucked up this release if it wasn't for him <laughs> yeah uh, we've been doing like usually you're supposed to have your album recorded for like six months like with masters in hand and just have everything ready to go and punk shit up for six months that didn't happen for us. We we like got him back like middle of May. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, okay, now you got two months to make everything work. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys have did it and like you're doing everything right. Apart from what you've already done, you also have like, you're also active on social media, professionally done web page. And so I guess my question here is what are some of the best things you've done to build a fan base and what are some things you wished you jumped on earlier? Well... I think we probably should have had a, a bit of a stronger social media presence when we first began. Um, but we've really picked that up, I would say. Yeah. Um, I, like, honestly, just the algorithm, 
man, you, you gotta be consistent. And, uh, and you know, I think that's true for anything that like we've done music wise, that consistency was key no matter what we've done. Yeah. And I mean, even if we don't share our own stuff, like we'll share our friends stuff, but you know, just still shows where shows were around. Yeah. You know, like we're just, we're trying to water each other's gardens. You know, if, if we build a strong community together, that community is also going to be our community, you know? So, um, that whole, like takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to make a metal scene. <laughs> I yeah. guess. Totally. I think like when you're trying to succeed yourself, it's the best practice to help bring other people up with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Like everyone benefits in that regard. And there's no bullshit, like no politics, no, I guess no envy or jealousy. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely been some uh, projects that we've interacted with that like, of course we're not going to name any names. Um, but when we do meet people like that, that do have a strong sense of jealousy and stuff like that, it, just kind of radiates from them you know so like we kind of like make a little tick in our brain and we're like okay like be wary of these people like and they're not worth the the time you know and we've also heard the metal scenes changed a bit like especially with the ending of the pandemic before the pandemic everybody was kind of out of one up each other and whatnot yeah. and now that's just kind of died and everyone's working together to bring it back and we're it's great. It's oh. a great time to be a metal band. Yeah, it was it was it was, it was a good it was, it was a good time for things to start taking off on our end as well. Um, and with connecting with people, I mean, some of the gimmicks we do on stage. I remember we were playing Halloween with Ravenous and our guitar player Devin. He, uh, well, the, the our whole shtick was that we were dressed up in Hawaiian outfits, and he bought like. Uh, about like one of those like wine outfits, but it's like all oh, rubber ducks on it. And he had the matching <laughs> pants and like the fishing hat. And he got his wife to red hooker spit on these tiny, tiny rubber ducks. And throughout our show or throughout, throughout our set that night, he was just like throwing out rubber ducks into the audience. <laughs> and rather than people applauding, there's just like people squeaking their tiny little rubber ducks at us. And that was, uh, yeah, we, we still got people coming up to us like, hey, I got your rubber duck. That yeah. was so awesome. And uh, I mean, even the artwork, we've we've been surprised that a few shows, uh, the very last time we were in Calgary for uh, Trash Talk Showcase, uh, there was like four or five, uh, four or five lovely humans cosplaying as our mascot. Yeah, that's awesome. Which absolutely caught us off guard. <laughs> yeah, we were like, wow, okay, cool. Hopefully I see you guys at a convention sometime. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys doing uh, for Loud as Hell? Do you have anything planned as far as interactive performances or new mascots? Oh, I, I don't know if we, uh, that that's something. That'll that be a surprise. Probably, yeah, that should stay under wraps. Fair enough. I'll keep it. Like, I know you want the inside. We, we can We can tell you off the record if we have any plans, but we want people to be surprised. Fair enough. That's understandable. But I think uh, when it comes to connecting with people, I think we really communicate through our live performance that we're having a great time and we want the people that are there to have a great time. Uh, I think that really comes through in the the way we present ourselves on stage and our approachability off stage. Um, you know, like, I don't want to sound like Donald Trump here, but like, <laughs> there's there's been people that have literally said, you know, that like, we're some of the nicest guys in metal, you know, and like, that to me is a really big compliment because that means that we're approachable as musicians. People aren't scared to come talk to us, say, hey, hey like we had a great time or like we had, you know, like even, I know some people get kind of weird about people approaching them, but like, I'm super happy about it. You know, the fact that our music even resonates with people or our art resonates with people and, and they enjoy it means that we're at least doing something it, it validates our existence <laughs> well it's got to be rewarding too if somebody comes up and says i really enjoyed your guys's performance like you did all that work and you made them have a good night it, it, it is a really humbling experience and i mean yeah. like to see people move and beat each other up and fall down and pick each other up and you know doing the whole thing and our music is doing that it's it's kind of it's surreal man yeah 
I've done a lot of drugs, but there's something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while, somebody flips onto the stage, which is a little scary, but for the most part. Pedal <laughs> yeah. board starts flashing at you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Has anybody ever come on stage that you've had to stop playing for? No, no, it's always been a great experience. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's ever, there's definitely been people on stage like jumping up every once in a while, but like. Yeah, that burn show, we've had a few people jump from that tiny burn stage into the. That was weird to see crowd surfing at yeah, Burns. Yeah, crowd surfing at Burns. That was... Uh... Have you been to Burns? You know what? I have. And I was actually going to thank you earlier because looking through your social media, I found out where that was. I was oh, out with my wife one time. And we, we were out on the town and we wanted to just go for a quick beer before... I can't remember if it was a movie or we had some other plans and we just walked kind of across the street and we saw Burns. Anyways, we went down there and it was an open mic night. It was a comedy. It was pretty funny. A lot of good up and coming comics there, but we couldn't remember for the life of us where it was. And then, so when I was just doing some research for this interview, I found out where it was. So I appreciate that. Yeah. 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 Awesome. No great. worries. Sweet. Happy to help. <laughs> Our website's doing stuff. <laughs> so I think it's safe to assume that you guys are going to be playing new music at Loudacell? Uh, we're gonna be playing our album that is definitely to be expected and we're already working on album two so there probably will be some new music but uh we just we don't want to make any any promises because we don't want to push out anything that's you know like a half-formed turd right and and, yeah. and we want to get everybody nice and lubed up on this record yeah <laughs> you know here's some sing-alongs and whatnot but yeah new music is in the works we we are definitely racing with album two now but there is progress you know i'm definitely surprised to hear that because i was meaning like from your album but that's even better news that you guys are already working on a second we we have to (laughs) yeah the the train is rolling now there's no stopping yeah we can't stop we we have to continue you know uh we also like we, we live in uh or at least we're we're playing in a in a music system that's very different than you know 20 years ago where bands would release an album um, once every five you know six seven years. Um, now the turnaround on on content creation is is wild. So we we want to stay consistent. We want to stay current. And I think that if we continue working on our songwriting and 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 crafting like. Who knows where we'll be in a few years if we if we keep this consistency going, you know? The 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 big picture for us is definitely to try and get on that um two year rotation. Yeah. Every, every two years something new, you yeah, know. Yeah, because this album took way too long. Yeah. Yeah. Like to be perfectly honest with you, we recorded this album I think three times. No, five. Oh shit. Okay. We recorded it <laughs> five times. I was downplaying it. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a nice that was that was yeah that was great. But I think that we learned a lot along the way, and it shows in these final mixes. So, what caused you guys to re- go back and redo that five times? Well, uh, the first few times I didn't record it properly uh, because <laughs> I've learned you're supposed to um, with these digital amps like the Axe FX, Kemper, Helix. Uh, you have to record with two tracks a dry track and the wet track the wet track is just like reference like amp sound uh but the dry track is just clean and that clean track when you send it over to buddy to mix it and master it for us it was uh yaroslav from developed device studios in czechia well we sent them you know so he had the guitar parts and it was the clean track and the wet track for reference just so he kind of heard the fetch harmonics and the solos and all the stuff uh, as we envision it. Uh, and yeah, no, I recorded with wet tracks the first few times. And then another time my computer got, uh, um, I ended up getting an, uh, I ended up getting an email from a work client that absolutely wiped everything in my system, including all my hard drives, which are connected by USB. Yeah, of course. Lost, lost a lot of movies from the Pirates Bay, I tell you what. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> uh, they're gone now. They're gone now. 
Uh, I like how they keep going back to the same site. They get shut down for a while, and they're like, oh, we'll, we'll move somewhere else for a couple months and move back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, just technical difficulties and process of learning. Uh, we were, well, by we, uh, uh, collectively, me, I was very stubborn on us doing everything ourselves. I didn't want to go waste time in a studio. Yeah, like when... we have friends that have spent 10 grand on three tracks, you know, at a studio. So it, it just seemed more feasible for the long game to invest in the equipment to do it ourselves. Well, and you have the space too, so why not? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, for the future, we might look into working with a producer or something like that, but at least we'll still be able to demo our own stuff, which has its weight in gold because you're not going into a studio with nothing. Yeah. Exactly. I'm trying to envision kind of what a wet and a dry track sound like. So for somebody who's unfamiliar with that side of things, is like a wet track, like, is it just uh, the instruments or how does that work? Uh, so wet track, so just for a single guitar. Uh, what track would be like with the amp sounds with the distortion? Okay, and the clean and track the is completely track. without it, like unplugged almost. Yeah, channel, like, yeah. like clean channel. Yeah, oh, no, okay, no. Okay. Yeah, so that clean one, you, uh, that's that's the one that the engineer would be working on, and reamping and making it all juicy. And that's for, that's just pretty much for instruments, drums. It's all uh dry track because there's no effects right no amp it makes the engineer's life a lot easier mm. i can imagine that too especially if they're not like familiar with like your sound or maybe if they're not familiar with like the speed or the rhythm something like that yeah there was there's definitely a, a, a bit of back and forth um until we got the right mix but um oh man we're damn proud of it and uh my most favorite part you can really hear the bass uh jose did a fucking killer job on this one man i'm stoked to hear it i'm assuming that there's no there's no wet track for the vocals as well right uh well there uh, there 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 is uh because you'd have the one with effects and then you'd have the one that the engineer would edit the one with effects would just be so that he gets an idea of what you want oh, yeah. okay Interesting. think of it as a reference track yeah that makes sense and then the dry track would be just, you know, the blank piece of paper where he could. Yeah, yeah, where he gets the color in lines or where, you know, he gets color between the lines and, and do his, his stuff. But he still has a frame of reference so that he knows the sound that we're going for. Um, but I mean, like, there's not a huge amount of effects on my voice to begin with. Um, I don't even use effects live. So... Yeah, like it's just like tiny little bit of reverb. It's just really simple stuff. Like there's not even, I, I would say there's not even really much for vocal layering. Gain boost, yeah. but like that's, it's not distortion or anything. It's just so. It's really standard stuff. Yeah, just making you louder. Just making all the levels the same, yeah. Yeah. Vlad, something you touched on earlier was Grover Fest, and I was looking through your Instagram, and you posted the event poster, and it said, like, address on request. So is this more of, like, an impromptu, like, venue, or just because they want to keep things sort of semi-private? Well, uh, so it's... a uh, complicated question. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that, but, but we are willing to answer it, because Grover Fest is going to be on our tour poster, and we absolutely would love for any of y'all to come hang out. It's... Uh, uh, so our, our friend Mike Grover, he's uh, he likes he throws himself a, a festival every year. Uh, he's got a giant anchorage and he puts puts on a punk metal festival every year. We got uh, our first time was last year going there. We had a great time. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, it's fun. It's like. Uh, Last year was twenty bucks. I think this year it's thirty. But yeah, just camping and camping on an acreage and getting drunk and watching bands. That sounds like a good time. So I guess the the hiding of the address is just to make sure that only people who purchase tickets show up. Um, I think it's less of a hair pulling kind of situation for him. But like, we would love it if so many people showed up that he had no idea what the fuck to do with them. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, um. He's also new at 
figuring out all that stuff. So he's he doesn't uh, want to shoot himself in the foot. Yeah, he doesn't want to shoot himself in the foot. Yeah, I can imagine being difficult at first because you're putting on a, a metal festival or a punk show at on your own property. So for yeah, me, yeah. like I'd want to know at least who's coming. There's like a paper trail if something happens. Like yeah, yeah. Be there's a lot of liability or if, or if they damage shit or hurt somebody that kind of stuff yeah yeah, yeah. it's um it's uh yeah it's it's uh it's a party it's just yeah, a big it's, old party it's, it's like a it's like a what's that plan x or what, what was that movie this is like a huge ass party that's that's really what it is we're playing a huge ass party <laughs> yeah, they got a bonfire going on. They're they got beer kegs. Uh, uh, there's food. Uh, they, and they got a beer and meal tickets. Uh, yeah, it's, well, yeah, we had a great time last year. Uh, we got the yeah, we got to share the, the the stage with some sweet bands. Oh yeah, Chilio Cosm played last year. Chilio Cosm, yeah, those guys are They're like probably the best ska-ish band. Like die another in day in Canada. And Die Another Day played like probably one of the best covers of Tears Don't Fall I ever heard. Nice. I really <laughs> love that. If you fellas ever hear this, good job. Yeah. They're playing uh they're playing loud as hell as well this year, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, they are. So you'll get to see them too. That'll be really good. With with all the tour dates you guys have and all the festivals, actually my first question is, are you staying the whole time at all the festivals that you're attending this year? Uh, we're gonna do our darnest to do so. We're gonna try. <laughs> okay, you guys are gonna be fucking dead after this tour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that is true. And Grover Fest is, I mean, especially with Loud as Hell, we, we have Loud as Hell, and then the following week, we're playing Calgary on a Thursday. And then we got Grover Fest that entire weekend yeah Jesus. so it's uh we're gonna be running on fumes yeah you remember that train analogy we said a couple <laughs> conversations ago it don't stop brother you guys are already running on empty just because the last few weeks and this is how you're gonna start your tour i can't wait to see what you guys are gonna look like after <laughs> well i mean it's um for me personally it's uh it's, it's gonna be great i i graduate on the 15th of july and then following week we get to start that whole song and dance with the band so it's uh it's gonna be fun it's tiring but it's a living your truth kind of thing man you know what i mean so like even when we're exhausted we're like exhilarated mm -hmm. you know well that really shows you're doing something you love yeah yeah well that's that's exactly it i mean Man, if we didn't love what we were doing, at this point, we would not be doing it, trust me. It, it is a privilege to do what we're doing. And yeah. we, we the, are flabbergasted that it's taken off in the way it's taken off. Yeah. yeah we're so grateful every day. Like, I, like any time that we're playing a show and they're cheering our names, like, me and Vlad just look at each other and we're just like, what the fuck? What is what is even going on in our lives, man? <laughs> Sometimes that's got to be a really bad feeling, but not in this case. No, no, it's 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 just surreal. It's it's honestly surreal. Like it just doesn't feel like it's actually happening. You know? It's like, are we in a movie? You know? Like... <laughs> you can be. That's the best part. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And we we do take the job seriously. I mean, like we don't go up on stage trashed. We save all that stuff for after. Like, I can't sweep pick arpeggios if I drink more than three beers, so I keep it under that. Yeah, we 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 have certain rules that we play by that the entire band has agreed to that allow us to be more professional in our endeavor. Well, like you guys touched on earlier, it's it's music that everyone's going to be hearing. And so you yeah. want to be putting out the best performance you can so they can not only jive with your record, but also when they see you live, it's a rewarding experience. Absolutely. Yeah, and with our with with our live shows, we we pride ourselves on playing as you hear it on CD. Yeah. Yeah, I like no no shade towards anybody who's got a laptop in the back. We just want our sound to be relatively consistent with what you would hear on the album. Or the wall of noise. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's understandable. Like, was it falling in reverse that had that excuse that their laptops were lost by the air crew or something like that? Uh, I believe so. Black Belt Brides, I think. Oh, maybe oh, it was maybe. Black Belt Brides. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I, I do understand, though, because they're a band of such a caliber that when you go to their show, like, it's, yes, you're watching a band play, but it's also... There's a hired orchestra that's that's played these tracks in the background as well. Totally. The songs just don't have the same life. If... It, it's kind of like going to a Slipknot show, you know, like they put on, it's more than just the band playing. It's uh, it's a theater uh, as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like to think like Rammstein. Yeah. Like yeah. pyrotechnics in a Rammstein show are insane. I just and think that... I... The way he handled it was kind of shit, not because the laptops, but because he just blamed the air crew. He should have just said, yeah, we fucked up. We'll make it up to you guys. I don't think placing the blame on somebody, even if it was them, it's like, man, the crew works fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, like, you know, in a situation where there's a lot of stress like that, um, the low-hanging fruit is to point the finger at somebody else. Maybe not the best decision, but I can understand why they wanted to try and save face, although it didn't really pan out. I don't know. The way I see it is if, if somebody say on your tour in your crew whatever if they fucked up it's the same as that i same as how i conduct myself at work like if somebody fucks up you tell them in private and then that way they're more oh, likely absolutely. to come back to you they're more likely to have that trust in you and if they fuck up they're not afraid of it oh I, yeah I, absolutely i agree 100 percent. like they shouldn't have thrown them under the bus um i don't really like to speak about other bands in that respect because it's kind of like a little gossipy yeah but, that's uh could have been could have been handled a little bit better, but I I understand that things get heated when something like that happens, right? Oh, totally. Especially with how much money that they're spending moving all that equipment, all the people. Uh, obviously, they have the tour bus and stuff like that, so it can't. Be, oh yeah, it can't be like, cheap. but like, why not have that on hand? Like, why why let that into the hands of somebody else if it's so significant? Oh yeah, I wouldn't. There'd be no fucking way. Like, yeah, like a small piece of technology like that. Why? You know it's it, it is kind of wild though uh fortunately for us we don't really do the laptop thing i mean we do have some digital stuff going on we use in your monitors we could all hear each other but if all that stuff like if it malfunctions it's not the end of the show yeah we'll exactly. just take the plug out put it in another spot all right cool yeah or let's just play with the stage monitors yeah no play with deal. the stage monitors no big deal <laughs> I think I like that approach a little bit more just because no matter what, whether you're listening to the album or seeing them live, you kind of get the same experience. Yeah. Yeah. We, we feel the same way. That's the reason why we did it the way we did it. No point in having some like midnight orchestra going on in the background of our songs and then not be able to reproduce that live, you know? Yeah. And like the performance is great, but if, if the music's dead when you don't have a certain piece of equipment, it kind of falls flat for me. Mind you, there's always a benefit to it because it's it's a completely different type of experience too. Yeah, like it goes back to the theatrics, like you were saying earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like for like band their level, I I I remember when I said when the uh, all those guys came through uh, last year, uh, Black Belt Brides and I Saint Kills and all that. They like there was three eighteen wheelers yeah. of equipment. Plus their tour bus. That's a lot of crap. That's a, that's a lot of crap, man. <laughs> we could do it with a station wagon. <laughs> yeah, you know, that amount of equipment seems, seems yeah. excessive, but a station wagon seems just a little bit too small. Well, you know what? The technology has come a long way. <laughs> like, now when we load in, we're surprised. We're like, are we done? Oh my God, we're done. You freak out for a minute thinking people stole your shit. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of. It's like when your glasses are on your head and you can't find them. We we love the image too of like playing with giant amps and stuff like that, but having to move those beasts every night is hard on the back. Yeah, if we don't have to sacrifice the sound, then that that's the that's the pinnacle thing. If we had to sacrifice the sound for it, we wouldn't do it. But and digital, it's always so consistent. Like no matter what venue I'm at, my guitar is always gonna sound the same. Yeah. Work smart, not hard. Exactly. Right. Jumping back to the beginning just a little bit. So what guy, what drew you guys to metal in the beginning and who were some of your first favorite bands? 
Uh, shit, man. For me, it was just the crazy imagery. Um, I remember like my mom getting me into like Black Sabbath and Kiss and Queen and just hearing like the guitar solos and stuff like that. And they really left an impression on me. Then I got into it more and more myself. Next thing you know, discovered, you know, Metallica, Pantera, Gun Slayer, got into Megadeth, and I kept getting heavier and heavier and heavier. But I like everything, but I do love to play metal. <laughs> yeah, you know, for a long time, I was a punk rock kid at heart. Um, but I mean, I grew up in the new metal era. So, like, I spent so many nights falling asleep to, like, the self-titled Korn album. Like, as soon as my parents would leave, I would just, like, that was the only time I was allowed to touch the stereo. So I would just crank it and sing along, you know. Um, it, it, was, it was normally really soft stuff, but, like, now it's, it's strange how my tastes have shifted because probably there was a time where, like, the heaviest thing I would listen to is Cradle of Filth. And like, I didn't really like Black Dahlia Murder that much when I first heard them, but now I fucking love them. Same thing with Job for a Cowboy. I was like, oh, breakdown band, man, man, man. And now I'm like, yeah, it's a shit fucking breakdown. So <laughs> things kind of just change over time, you know? Um, I always kind of messed around with being, like I've always kind of wanted to be a metal singer. So like, Vlad's kind of helped me make my dreams come true. Not to get all like squishy and weird. <laughs> <laughs> And so my last question for you today, gents, is actually I have two more. This one's more about your current rotation. So obviously cha tastes change over time and stuff like that. But who is currently on your heavy rotation? Uh, stuff like stuff we listen to on the huge. Yeah. Oh, shit, man. Uh, lately, it's... Uh... Well, lately... It's been... <laughs> lately, you've been listening to a lot of Macklemore. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of Macklemore. Uh... <laughs> I've uh, been listening to a lot of Outkast. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Uh, but He's gotten to the age where he's just like, you know what? I used to be a metal elitist, but now I don't give a fuck what I listen to. As long as it's good, I like it. That's a golden age, man. Yeah, yeah I'm like, but but I still like love the heavy shit. Like, man, I got like, yeah, Phineas, Miss May I, uh, Love Jungle Rod, um, Cradle of Filth, Children of Bodom. Um, well, I've just recently I've been getting back into Megadeth again. That's been fun. Yeah, for me it'd probably be like Black Dahlia, Infinite Annihilator. I like a little bit of Bro Job in there once in a while. I just said, you know what? I I can't help it. It's it's ridiculous music, but it's 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 really well done. You know, um, I Horus. I listen to a lot of Ravenous. Um, yeah. Um, Job for a Cowboy has like slowly come back into my rotation. Um, yeah, just a lot of like melodic death metal. Cool. There are definitely some bands in there that I haven't heard of, so I'm going to be looking them up right away. Words, you should, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Rest's last album was fucking sick. That, that's <laughs> that's fucking fire. Yeah, that's one from the local scene that's. Um, that that's been on my heavy rotation those boys are doing good work i can only find your music and what you have now either on your web page or on your soundcloud if i remember correctly so with the release of new, your new album where where can people find their music if they're interested in either buying it or streaming it uh you'll Everywhere. Be, yeah you'll be able to find that on all platforms uh we went through distro kit and checked off all the boxes it should be on spotify uh apple um, amazon music uh youtube music yeah everywhere but if you want a physical album you can always get it at our shows we we are making physical discs i don't know if people still do that but we're we're doing it we got vinyl coming soon too and vinyl yeah um we will be opening our uh storefront on bandcamp uh i thought about doing it on our website but it's just too much of a hassle bandcamp's a much a more straightforward much neater platform. system they're a good platform and they push they they they, they push they push their artists Gentlemen, I want to thank you again for joining me today, and I will catch up with you guys at Loud as Hell. Awesome. Yeah, Look absolutely, it, Jeff. Man. Thank you so much for having us, man. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time on Gyro Nation Metal. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. The podcast can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to support this podcast, please consider checking out my Patreon.
Thank you.